anthemic, boot stomping rock dipped in darkness and trippy funk madness, interstellar fretwork, wicked riffs and hooks, searing solos and soul-searching lyrics paired with haunting Ebo and slide guitar symphonies. While their themes are drastically different, like one's literally aliens and the other one is literally monsters <laughs> in a rock band trying to put on a concert. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> It was a sequel to both the book and the movie. Yes, yes. The Shining is about trying to deal with life while being a drunk. And Dr. Sleep is about dealing with life being a sober drunk. Episode 7 finally brought Tim Robbins back to Shawshank, <gasps> and it was totally worth it. Whoa! Like, I hope he doesn't have to crawl through a river of shit backwards. Oh, man. <laughs> hello, hello. Hi, buddy. There it is. Sorry. How are you doing? I'm great. <laughs> good. How are you? I'm great. Good to see you. It's good to see you too. You're looking well. What is that shirt? Uh, let me get a little more headspace in there. And the shot in my frame. Well, we're not doing any video. What does it fucking matter? <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? Just because uh, we do is, shit uh, right here. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Danger Mouse. So... Um, there is it's this british cart cartoon um almost done in like um monty python style animation so like all the characters are normal animated but the backgrounds are all like that you know how he the Terry Gilliam animated like all those like tinted old style photos and he would like cut them in certain ways and then do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I've ever seen that. Like that's it's that's not like the whole style of animation for like Monty Python's even in their intro. That's what it that's what it looks like. So that's like the background of Danger Mouse. But it's our world exists, but then there's this like underworld of animals that are and he is like a 007 character. Like Huh. <laughs> so it's like really awesome and uh really deep cut, really nerdy. Oh, that's um, cool. But uh they did an update to it on Netflix, which I did not care for very much, but the original is also on Netflix, I think. Oh, so okay. uh or it's on one of the streaming services to see, but it's fun. You know. Welcome long long walkers to Long Walk Short Drink episode seventy nine. Yeah. Wow, that's high. The November episode. Yes, in fact, so maybe it's worth mentioning because you and I have talked about this, but I hadn't included any of the episodes because we had other long talks. And as much as a fan of a podcast, the podcasting mediums I am, I generally don't like to listen to people plan. So I, I cut out our discussion about this that you and I have had. But yeah. our listeners are likely to have noticed that they've been being published a little less often. <laughs> um, yeah. That's because uh, old Dave here's uh, got so many 
projects he's trying to make happen that I asked Palmer if he'd be willing to scale back a little bit while I devote some more time to those. And of course, Palmer being Palmer, he's like, sure, man, no problem. <laughs> sure, man, go ahead. <laughs> what am I going to be like? Like, no, you can't. You need to keep like devoting these hours every two weeks to like making this four hour long thing on top of spending four hours recording it with me. No, damn all your other projects. These, this is it. No, I can't be like that. Of course, go do those things. What else are we gonna fucking talk about? Like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been working on stuff and getting certain things done, but I um, there's one project in particular, the documentary I, I was working on about my ten years making music, particularly the last album that I, I made uh, with Moto and. Uh, I guess that's just been sort of perpetually set to the side since we got going on this and, and it's been almost five years since the events of that. So I was starting to get the itch to finish. Yeah. And, um, no, man. So, yeah. And then of course some other like shit came up to her. I'm literally like, okay, I got to finish this and this and this before I can really dive into that. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. I just no. gotta, I mean, all great stuff. I mean, it's literally the stuff that keeps me up at night and gets me up in the morning, you know, excited to make uh, like, like this, but things that are, are involving music or or um you know movies of various kinds so uh awesome so yeah no, that's I'm why really there's that. i yeah i know you're cool about it which i really appreciate it and uh i hope that's not too much of a drag for our our listeners um so we toyed with the idea of maybe breaking episodes up because we tend to have like around about three hour episodes that hasn't quite worked out in a way that i feel like would be satisfying to listeners but i'm I'm interested to try it if it, when I'm editing oh, yeah. it, sometimes it's like that. Because we've been like, talking kind of current things. Like today we're going to talk Dr. Sleep at least a little. And last time was Joker. And that yeah. tends to be in the second half. And we're generally kind of behind the curve anyway. <laughs> yeah. So by the time like we get, so it's, like, well, it's like a month and a half no. after. Um, plus, that's fair. I just binge podcasts that is what it tends to be. Like if I'm in the mode yeah. of so, such and such a podcast and they're, I know it's like all pre-recorded and they're just going to dole it out next week. I'm like, well, just, just don't break, just let me keep listening. Like I'll, if I have to save up my time to listen, uh, I will anyway. So that's how I thought about it. If you're listening and you feel differently, feel free to hit us up, uh, lwsdpod at gmail.com or at lwsdpod on Twitter. Let us know if like, we don't have a large listener base, so I can we can try to cater to it if there's some yeah. consensus about what folks would like. Well, um, no, I think it's great because it also uh, I've been devoting a lot of time to pinball recently and um, other hobbies. So, no, I think it totally makes sense. Um, I actually just had a guy ask me if I was interested in starting a pinball podcast. Really? Yeah, which awesome. I don't. Um, what would I don't that know. be like? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure because it's such an act. I mean, it's like a, an active thing that you do. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, a lot of them. Uh, a lot of the, see the, the the that's my one apprehension is there is a small um, group of podcasts that are devoted to pinball that talk like Ugh. pinball news and um, go to shows and all that. So, and I just don't have the time to go travel to all the pinball shows, like during show season, which is in the fall, like that's going on now. Pinsinati actually is this weekend. 
Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it's a, a pinball festival down in uh, Cincinnati, obviously. Uh, so, um, you know, I don't really, I, I don't really know what we would talk like other than just like new pinball news, which I feel like that's pretty adequately covered um, by already established podcasts. Which I'm not saying that should be a reason why you should or should not start a podcast just because. Oh well, somebody else is already doing it. Like, just make it your own thing, right? So, I don't know. We'll think. Of, I, I, I'll, I'll think on it. Well, a some, little bit. something to keep in mind is if you want to try something that's short that you don't have to create all the infrastructure for, we could always have it be like a short segment on our episodes. You know? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Absolutely. To where it's like if you you just want to, you know, it wasn't like The Simpsons started out on Tracy Ullman, right, <laughs> or something like as a sh- short yeah. and like it kind of. So if you just want to have a platform already that you can kind of try try something out if you wanted to yeah um i i really would love to get uh going with a um i'm sorry i have the yawns i would really love to get going with a um a twitch stream like a let's learn how to play pinball together kind of twitch stream not that i'm like not that i'm like a great pinball player but like it would give me intention to play and improve while interacting with some kind of audience, I guess. Yeah. Um, me and the live stream thing, for those of you listening to, you're only listening probably. Uh, lot, uh, YouTube really changed the way that you could do uh, live video on their platform, which kind of pretty much removed all of the options for us to do those live streams. Um, we did have a nice little core contingent of people who would watch us. Yeah. And we it, would record these episodes. Yeah. And it was, that was fun and it was fun to have the video uh, component. Um, so we've been going old school here for, for a while until the, a better solution presents itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you end up doing that Twitch thing too, I keep our YouTube channel in mind, I think as a, as a archive place, uh, absolutely even if it were just clips or something like that i still feel twinkie if you're listening and anyone listening perhaps on some sort of the thanksgiving drive i'm hoping this will come out that wednesday <laughs> oh um, nice you know if you're listening on a long drive or something like that um i thought about twinkie listening for some reason but uh yeah i, I like the idea of having because I, I as i understand it from his experience the archive of your uh twitch streams videos and stuff you you have but are not necessarily available to people uh to catch up or like watch after they're live beyond like maybe the most oh, recent or whatever so gotcha. i still like the idea of there being a se- at least segments of twinkies uh twitch like he would do the sure. twinkies take you know that he started on this show like he would do that on that um that platform but i was rarely I, only a couple times ever like caught part of it live and so i would a few times i'm like oh i should go back and catch up with twinkie and yeah. the videos were gone so uh, anyway that's a bummer youtube hasn't taken away our storage yet so, <laughs> so no, that's still... good so we still have that <laughs> yeah oh yeah. man well you want to open a beer oh yeah you got a beer? absolutely i this is so trashy i have a growler that i'm trying to get through before it goes flat so <laughs> but it, awesome. it still should like <laughs> it, uh, it looks cool for for me, at least. Yeah, like I'm gonna hillbilly it and like like kick it up on my the, my arm, you know. Oh. 
<laughs> drink out of it like no i'm not gonna oh, do okay. that no that looks like it'd be uncomfortable anyway yeah, yeah i have a glass it will go in a glass <laughs> but it should still make a noise when i open it Sweet. hopefully a cool one okay so all right on three and three whoa that was a great noise yeah that oh. was super oh it smells so good What what is it um, so for Ash's birthday, we went and we rented a, um, lake house in Michigan. Oh yes. Yes. I want to hear all about this. I, that, that was, was that last weekend or two weekends ago? Um, let me look. It was the, the weekend of the like eight, ninth and 10th and 11th. So two weekends ago. Yeah. Two weekends ago. Um, so we stayed in this lake house in Michigan and then uh, went – the lake house was like 30 minutes from uh, Saga Talk Brewing Company, which is the place that makes the Neapolitan beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Neapolitan milk stout, which if you can find that, it's fantastic. But this is um, – it's a white stout, so it's called the Ghost of Neapolitan. It's the same beer, but it's just – brewed so it's a white stout and it's really good so we got a ton of beer we spent a lot of money on beer up there um but we got some really good beer but we got two growlers and amazingly they are still fizzy like they're not flat even after that weekend so oh well cheers everyone wherever you are drinking whatever yeah. you're drinking i actually had a uh, a drinking lunch with crams today in minneapolis really? yeah awesome <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm all, i was weird like anyway but i, I was weird because i had i ordered one beer <laughs> and uh the guy was so cool like letting us try stuff that i essentially he was like this he it, we were just hanging out and and then he's like well if you're just gonna be hanging out and you're paying the bill like here just he gave us like a half glass more so i probably had like at least two if not maybe a little more o- only paying for one Wow. Anyway, so I was kind of like on the way home. I wasn't like drunk because uh, it was lunchtime. I was never drunk, but I, I felt like a little like, oh, I just noticed at my age, it's cumulative. So yeah. like if it's a three drink thing, it's not like three drinks in this many hours. It's like if you have three drinks, three drinks today, <laughs> you're going to feel it <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. I was yeah. like, Jesus. So it's good, I think, for my health that I drink so much less, but it makes it the very little then that i consume will like just go straight to my whatever like yeah i'm halfway hung over from two beers <laughs> so, stupid. so stupid but it was very fun to see him uh he was in town i guess i guess you could say for business but he was like a, a stone's throw from my office like on awesome the campus where i work so so that was cool and unexpected i actually didn't know that was gonna happen till last night so uh yeah that's great yeah um one of the things that I'll be getting into is actually making, I know I told you about about, about this, uh, making a documentary of some sort about this album that he's made that I really like. It's not quite finished yet, but um, the other thing I've been, been spending a lot of time doing this last month is helping um, uh, do the sort of artwork and publish a new collection of songs from Moto. Oh. Yeah, from his um, uh, fascist puppeteer, like one man band. He this kind of came out of nowhere too because he just put out that collection mixtape in February of this year. So like within yeah. six or eight months or whatever, like he he has this. Uh, so there's six more songs, all new, all from this year, and they are 
dynamite. <laughs> like, um, I, oh, it's I'm so, so good. excited. What, uh, give a <laughs> shout out. What's that site that you host all that? Um, so if you go to uh, dreamingoutloudrecords.com, it's at the, it's the first, they're all kind of chronological. So both of Moto's things are right there. And um, I, I thought to, uh, I might introduce, reintroduce the uh, Dreaming Out Loud archive outro segment. So at the end of this, um, especially now that we're doing so many audio only uh, podcasts, play songs um, from, because if you go to that site, you'll see like by the, I spent the week, because I'm, so I helped him put it out, um, but now I'm sort of exploring exploring music licensing um options like trying to submit it for stuff and so in doing that i thought it would help to sort of bolster the quasi-professional um presentation of that site so i went through and put a bunch of my albums that weren't previously on there uh and and uh thinking about some that aren't quite ready to go up or i'll have to rip and remaster or whatever it'd be like 30 some you know music projects and albums wow. spanning 20 some years from this just group of friends but it's a it's a remarkable um collection of stuff uh that you can you can download for stream and download for free yeah so please head over to dreamingoutloudrecords.com i'm looking at this list right now and just it's just astounding to me yeah it's it's mostly our friends and then it's a little bit our my, my family and then some of it's grown to like extended uh family a little bit like the the midland uprising project and nj's and the jeff are both mm-hmm. um headed up by brian yost who's played drums <clears throat> with me a lot and um moto has produced music for sort of his extended group of friends and um oh yeah just there's so much good stuff there but this this practicing synthesis um record that he made is so, just so fucking good and i was just like that's why i thought of the music licensing thing because i was like this i you know through my job in video i have i go to sound libraries uh, sound libraries is sound it's like collections of music that you can license and so yeah. my organization has a blanket license so i can just choose from this library but i'm always just thinking like what of this music could be here and um and particularly this particularly this collection is it, just so cool it's uh I can't wait to it's listen great. to this. Um, so I'll play something that I really like at the end of it. I wrote I wrote like a little synopsis. Let me see if I can find that quick. But also, so his his um, his one man band name is the Fascist Puppeteer, um, and uh, well, sorry. The first thing I think of now is uh, I had brought that up. Um, I this is all over the place as, as one can expect, especially when we haven't <laughs> talked for six weeks, I guess. Uh, but I, one of the other things that was going on with me is my, um, my therapist, who I really like was, is moving on to a new job. So I had like a kind of a, a last appointment with her and talking about like some other people I might try, but that's apropos of nothing other than it's a significant change for me. I thought of it because I was t- in talking to her about what some, you know what was going on, some of the things I was up to and stuff. I mentioned I was like, oh, it's helping my brother publish this album, and uh, it's his his uh, one man band name is called Fascist Puppeteer, and she just like looked just instantly got it, and she's just like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so I hope he hears that. It, it takes it to heart because I know sometimes he's a little like I don't know about that name if it turns people off, but. It was so cool to see somebody just like be like, oh, that's awesome. That's a great uh, yeah. band name. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so because it's 
that's the name of his uh, act. It like, you know, lends itself to puppetry image images. And it just so happens that one of our oldest friends is a professional puppet sculptor and puppeteer who lives in Amsterdam. And so um, Moda was looking through like his Instagram feed and stuff. Uh, Cause he'll often post like things in progress. Like, and uh, so he found some really cool images and, um, and we kind of made it happen. And I spent some time putting it together like a, a 10 page uh lyric and pdf uh book that you get if you download it from dreaming out loud uh dot com records doc, dreaming out loud records.com um or you can download each song individually for free or whatever and it's actually it's there but it's all over anywhere you would stream music so your spotify is all that all that stuff uh fascist puppeteer is not super easy to spell <laughs> but uh practicing practicing synthesis is the name if you look it up but so the uh the la- so I'll play a little later but the last thing I wanted to say about it was just like a two sentence thing that I wrote about it to kind of describe it to people online um and that is uh anthemic boot stomp and rock dipped in darkness and trippy funk madness interstellar fretwork wicked riffs and hooks searing solos and soul searching lyrics paired with haunting ebo and slide guitar symphonies if any of that sounds good to you Check out uh, my brother Moto's new collection of songs, Practicing Synthesis, wherever you listen oh. to music. Cannot Do wait. It, up. it is so good. There's this one solo in one of the songs that makes me cry every time. I couldn't tell you. Really? And I don't even necessarily know why, but I'm on like however many listens and it always hits me. It's so so cool. Um, That's lo- awesome. And so I would say too, like if you're a fan of like Muse, some of the songs are kind of space rocky like that, like... Uh, and yeah. like anthemic, as I mentioned, um, a very wide variety of of styles in in these six songs. But uh, yes, That's, check check wait. that out. So I've been I've been messing around with that a lot. Check 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 it out. <laughs> exactly. But so you were saying that you've been spending uh, extra time on pinball as well as other hobbies. Tell tell me tell me more about what you mean by that. Uh yeah I um just have been really um working on them and uh i've been doing a lot of trades i just traded so it it's a little hard to it's not hard to explain it's just well i guess it's the name of the show right it's a long (laughs) walk so um i had the attack from mars and the monster bash tables both of which we played when i was in Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, I remember at, that monster bash. Well, yeah. And attack from Mars was the one with the alien on the top that moved. Yeah. And, uh, so both of those games, while their themes are drastically different, like one's literally aliens and the other one is literally monsters <laughs> in a rock band trying to put on a concert. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> uh, they, their gameplay is very, very similar. The shots are very similar. And so I found myself when I would want to play, I would gravitate to um, Monster Bash and not Attack from Mars. And it didn't feel satisfying to switch to that game. It just felt like like when I would get frustrated with Monster Bash and I would go to over to try to play Attack from Mars, all the same things that were frustrating me on Monster Bash were happening on attack from Mars, right? Because it's mm. essentially the same shots. I see. 
So I found myself not gravitating towards playing that. And my whole philosophy is if you're not playing a game, it's just collecting dust and then taking up a spot from a game that you might want to play. So yeah. rotate it out. And it was too beautiful of a machine to just like not get played. Uh, so I just traded that. Uh, Stern came out in July with a brand new Jurassic Park pinball machine. Uh, so it's based on the first movie. Um, so I trade traded that Attack from Mars for that Jurassic Park. Oh my God, we played that yeah. too, didn't we? Like yeah, we had we to did. wait oh, for yeah, it. We did it. We played with yeah. that other guy. Yeah, we that same game. Yeah, so we uh, traded that Attack from Mars for that, and then I have another deal. Uh, that hopefully, knock on wood, uh, I hopefully am going to be making another trade. I'm going to be trading my two Pinball 2000s uh, for a Creature from the Black Lagoon pinball machine, which is <laughs> wow. also another like universal yeah. licensed. It has the universal monster logo on it. Uh, That's awesome. But that, uh, that one is really great because... It's not that the there are elements of Creature from the Black Lagoon in the game, but the whole point of the the real theme is you are at the drive-in watching Creature from the Black Lagoon at the oh. drive-in. And so uh like the on the back glass, it's all these cars are lined up and it the DMD, like where all the animations are, looks like the screen of the drive-in. And like mm. It's it's really awesome. So I'm I'm hoping that I'll be doing that trade this weekend. I have to drive up to Chicago to do it though. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, the the Jurassic Park. Luckily, I only had to go up pat, right past Columbus. So, um, yeah. It's a. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's a. Uh, that Jurassic Park is astounding. It's it's an amazing game. I'm, so now cool. that I've had it and been able to put some time on it, it really is mind blowing how great it is. So, well, I'll be excited to play that myself uh, next month. Our our December episode for I, yeah, you know, like anyone uh, looking uh, forward is going to be set in your pinball uh, area, but it's like also your living room. I can't remember. No, no, no. So it's entryway. Um, it was a living room, and we ended up kind of condensing uh we moved our living room into where our dining room used to be and i mean because if you just think like our house is an old house so when you walk in it's like there's a front room and a back room and off of the back room is the kitchen so the back room now is our living room and the room when you first walk in is the pinball parlor that pinball has our parlor. That's yeah. That's the word I was looking for. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, and our kitchen table is in there. So oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that we can about, podcast there. Yeah, it'll work perfect because we'll just podcast at oh, that table. So that's great because that'll be um. So Star Wars, we're gonna gather just like for yeah. uh the la for the Last Jedi, for Rise of Skywalker. We're gonna get the LWSD cast together. The whole cast. Do it up. Coming down to Dayton. And Crams. <laughs> and Crams. Isn't that crazy? Today, like, yeah. He was oh, I forgot all about Crams. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. He was so excited when I I told him I was like, when you first mentioned that you were considering coming down there for this, 
I was worried we wouldn't be able to get you a ticket. But I was like, Palmer contacted me like in the middle of the night. He's like, I got it. He's sitting right next to us. He was very touched by that. So I'm sure you'll hear uh, from him. Awesome. But I wasn't sure too if like you wanted to podcast about it. And he's like, Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> he's yeah. he's reading uh he's reading the novelization, not novelizations, the like side novels. So there's one okay. I guess about Princess Leia called Bloodline that he's okay. working on right now that sounded kind of interesting and takes place between Jedi and uh Force Awakens, but like before the uh, first order rises and while like her their son Ben is with Luke and I don't know. He says, yeah, he's, he's liking it quite a lot. So awesome. Yeah. But man, that's going to be fun. I can't wait to be yeah. in that, uh, pinball parlor. I mean, I've never seen your place in, in Dayton at all, but, uh, this will be an exciting, it's going to uh, be so mind blowing to have all you guys in my space. Like <laughs> it was almost too much emotionally to have like Moto and double D here at the same time. And then like, but to have like Twinkie and, you and crams like as an added bonus man that's gonna be so fucking awesome (laughs) so yeah um i mean we might have to be a little creative with places to sleep but i'm sure that won't be a problem yeah i I told i told him and actually he might um he has some family in the area he's he might stay oh yeah his i forgot his brother is pretty close like relatively close so but he was excited about the idea of maybe just talking right after the movie which would be a late yeah no that's exactly what we're doing right (laughs) yeah yeah so i i said you know as long as you're okay with sleeping on any available surface (laughs) yeah we could do that uh but yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll be sharing that with listeners, who, and it will be video as well. I'm uh, I'm figuring out a way to the best way to get. I can get a camera. I'm trying to figure out about a tripod because I'm flying to get there and anyway. Yeah, and you're getting in Thursday night, which is awesome. And then uh, so we'll be, and then I'm taking Friday off. So oh, wicked. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah so, we'll be set up and be able to kind of relax and all that. Get some pinball in. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can go to breakfast at Tanks. Oh, I love. Uh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, that's the the place that Ash and I had our first date and yeah, like yeah, the namesake of your pup. Yeah. Who he came with that name though. We didn't give him. Oh, that that's name. right. I forgot yeah. about that. That's yeah. awesome. Mr. And actually. Tank. That's, um, I guess, something else to, to mention for the, the posterity, as it were. Since uh, we last spoke, I, I did get a new dog. We adopted. Oh, yeah. I dog. meant to ask how uh, you talked a little bit. His given name, that, like from the adoption agency or whatever, is Jeff. <laughs> 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 Jeffrey. <laughs> that is amazing. I can't get are over you it. keeping that? Yeah, we are. Like the bride sometimes has talked about like hemming and hawing about it. One to call she she wants because we have eleven. We call L or Ellie after, but not the Ellie, but eleven or L is all after uh, Stranger Things. And right. um, so when she started, so also this I guess hasn't come up in the podcast, but um, our our older dogger we had for like seven years. Um, Maggie May um, passed away over the summer, or she died, I guess, whatever you say about that, or we had to put her to sleep, all of that, whatever. She's not with us anymore. And The day uh, I flew out, it was awful. It was our anniversary, like, too, yeah. And it was your anniversary, <laughs> too, yeah. And it was Shit. just out of nowhere. Like Actually, when Palmer and I yeah. were recording the Goonies episode, I found out later um, that Maggie had thrown up, and I didn't think too much of it. I mean, 
it's easy to understand why a dog would be upset with when you turn like your entire downstairs into like a TV studio <laughs> to where and a new up. person is there, a loud, large, <laughs> hairy person. Yeah, but she's you know she's an old lady and just not very fussy about stuff in general. But nonetheless, I was like, you know, oh, okay, it sucks. She threw up, but it turned out that like basically in a twenty-four hour period, she went from having certain health problems that were being managed to like being not okay <laughs> and i guess uh, a lot of pain so it all happened so fast and i thought we were going to wait much longer to adopt another dog um but the bride just fell in love with this guy jeff on online uh secondhand hounds is the is the place where we adopted ellie and uh oh but she wanted to call our next dog max whether it was a boy or a girl after because uh, on season three of stranger things um uh 11 becomes good friends with max mad max maxine and so that was that was the logic there but this guy's named jeff and uh i everyone we tell it to is gen gen generally amused by that and uh for me it was <laughs> a selling it's a point. dog named jeff <laughs> yeah but he came from a really unfortunate situation i mean his foster mom was very nice but he was rescued from somewhere high kill shelter and actually yeah it's terrible i don't know if i want to tell. I, I generally cry whenever i hear the specifics of it but he was physically like mutilated um uh. by wherever he was so he's got some issues and so we're trying to work uh through those and i think we're gonna like have through a, the the high kill shelter mutilated no, him well we don't know exactly but uh, i guess i'll just tell you because not to be cryptic somebody like wherever he was like tied his penis off and like how whatever was tied like fused with his body and he had to have these surgeries and so he even he's got like half a penis and like a hole kind of in the side like in uh but that somehow stays clean and is functional and uh so he's like and so sometimes when he pees it like comes Poor out guy. of that as well yeah and so when he came for the visit, like he would bark. Wait, did you just say sometimes when he pees, it comes out the side as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, but so we, that is, he, uh, and he has heartworm. That is intense. <laughs> and he has heartworm? Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's very, uh, treatable. See, so he's got a, so we're actually technically his foster parents until, um, he, the, the organization pays for the treatment. So he's got to have two, overnight stays where they i think it's a, just like a shot or something i'm not sure but during that time in between these shots like so it's a 30 days new shot another 30 days he has to be kept super calm and so it's all just a bit, bit stressful <laughs> for us but um he's only been here just this is his eighth he's day he's absolutely adorable by he's the way so thanks he's such a he's such a sweet guy and he's adapting so fast for all the problems that he has and so a lot of it yeah is uh we figure it was probably a man that abused him because he's very scared of men um but he's he's catching on really quickly and uh i realized yesterday when i was at work uh, uh two days ago we had a really good visit with our vet we took him to our vet who's a fucking saint um and uh that really put our put us at ease about a lot of things so we were able to like just feel much better about our decision and um but uh yeah then just like yesterday i was at lunch and i was i i caught myself i'm like i'm looking forward to going home and seeing jeff you know <laughs> i was like 
So yeah, he's yeah. he's he's really become um yeah, he's doing so great and uh we're so happy to have him and I think he's really gradually realizing that he himself won the puppy lottery of parents who are just spoil the shit out of him. <laughs> he's got a behavioral therapist coming over already. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So we walk around saying things like, you know, hi Jeffrey Dean Morgan, hi Jeff with a J never a G, like all these like every Jeff we can think of. Um we're just acclimating him to our weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tweet us, tweet at us, any of your Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, tell me what's your best Jeff. Sometimes I say one of them. I've said is like, "Hi, Jeff from the Jean Pod Van Dam cast." <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to those guys. Jeffrey. Uh, anyway, so that that's been a, a new and exciting development around the uh, our household. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And uh, let me send you. I'll send you my new baby. You got a new baby? (laughs) A new, new, new charge of some sort? No, it's a it's the Jurassic Park machine. Oh fucking a! Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. Oh my god, I'm just looking at the layout here to see like you've got the Elvira like to the left, but then you've got on the other side of it two machines like facing it. It does look a, like a pinball part. Oh, yeah. It, well, that'll rotate around. It, it's out in the middle oh, of the floor bash. right now. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it's like a doorway. <laughs> it'll go yeah. next to Monster Bash. It'll get tucked in that way so the and front is sticking out like that. I just have it out there from where I unpacked it. Oh, that's wicked. <laughs> it's so cool how many... Uh, yeah. Now you got two from that from that pinball t- from tilt pinball where we were or are there more i feel like there's more yeah. no the one is the sequel no. f- from the or something from the other from one the other one yeah, yeah 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 i i mean i did have attack from mars which was from tilt but that's what i traded for jurassic Park. oh yeah yeah oh that's great that's sweet so and now you might have a new acquisition this this coming weekend that's even better i'm hoping that comes through because that game is really i'm i'm really at a point in my play that i want like a variety of gameplay so that i feel like oh i want to play this game like drastic park is my only game right now that has an upper flipper instead of just the two at the bottom there's a third one up on the top that oh. you can hit and <clears throat> that's my only game that has that and so um Creature from the Black Lagoon is very a lot of my games are very deep where the shots are far back on the play field. There's a lot of open space in the middle. And Creature from the Black Lagoon is notorious for having a very shallow play field because all the stuff is very close to the flippers. Hmm. So you have to be spot on when you hit your shots, or else they just bounce off posts and drain. <laughs> which is like Instant death, like the ball just comes comes right back, right down the middle, right in the whole out hole, and kills the ball. So you get like such a pain in the ass. <laughs> now I'm only used to so maybe one of the only <laughs> well, yeah, the tilt experience is my only one really, other than uh, this one rickety uh, pinball machine up at some cabin on a lake. But uh, so. At your house, you just play to your heart's content. Obviously, you don't need tokens or anything, right? And you don't need oh, to get nope. the what's everything's ha- on free play. Yeah, no token, no tokens, no quarters. You just keep hitting the start button as much as you want. Just the frustration or disappointment of the the what do you call a I guess a shot not going or your a, a pull. What do you call like the whole experience between when you launch the ball 
and when he goes out oh, of the play. ball, like that was a great ball. That was a great ball. Okay. Yeah, because you get season. ball one, ball two, ball three. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> So. I just uh I just updated um I just updated my Star Wars episode 1 pinball. That's one of the ones that I'm going to be trading hopefully uh to the latest code and had this amazing game like I was testing out the code and it blew me away cuz the graphics were the the that machine and Revenge for Mars that I have have video monitors that shine down on the glass and create holograms that you interact with like when oh, you're playing wow. and so uh star wars is like that so it was blowing me away the graphics look really good in this update but then i had this amazing game where i got like two extra balls on the same ball like oh it was fantastic it was such a great game it's giving you second thoughts of like no oh, maybe i don't want to <laughs> no i'm excited for creature from the black lagoon for sure that's cool. Uh, it's a good deal. I mean, he's coming out a little, like value wise, he's coming out a little bit ahead, uh, but I'm okay with that. So, to get a, a good variety title in my collection, for sure. Sweet. And league play has been. Uh, is that still happening? No, league's done. Oh, I didn't join the winter league because uh, the. Did I tell the story about how like the person running kind of was off-putting a little bit yeah you kind of mentioned that but so that yeah. was more of a that was enough of a problem to <laughs> yeah I, i'm not i that was enough where i was like you know the holidays are already busy enough in the winter time i don't want to add this on top of it so i think i'm going to start uh ash volunteers on tuesdays because she is a much better person than i am and uh i'm thinking of hosting like a weekly pinball night and just have an open invitation and let people come over and play. Oh, that's fun. While, that's... while I'm bachelor on while I'm a bachelor on Tuesday. Like so. Tuesday night poker that gave yeah, yeah. Uh, birth oh, yeah. to Palmer's picks and <laughs> you never know what these things could uh, <laughs> lead to. Absolutely. So, um that's also the night that I have a standing thing in my register check register pizza app. date <laughs> that's like tuesday pizza like i yeah. just i just have to type in tuesday pizza and it fills out everything it knows oh. it knows because uh this the like college pizza place the one that's open till like 4 a.m on fridays and saturdays you know what i'm talking about that's yeah by us it's called cousin Vinny's. It's yeah, this yeah. <laughs> they have a special uh, right on tuesdays what's that? don't they have a special on tuesdays oh uh, yeah tuesday is the tuesday special is a 4.99 or 5.99 large one topping oh. <laughs> so and Dangerous. here's the thing is like this guy i work with he's like i can't believe you you eat that fucking pizza that's so that pizza is so bad i'm like no on tuesday because it's their special day they are making so much pizza it's guaranteed to be like fresh dough yeah. fresh like and so it's and it and i'm like three blocks from the place so when they deliver it's like piping hot still right. yeah. and so it's like it's <laughs> so good like so ridiculously good um so an onion and extra cheese pizza that's what i go with on Ooh. on tuesdays and it is delicious well you could have people to help you eat it uh, it'll be uh <laughs> yeah yeah that's great oh last weekend um so i have been really diligent about like working on stuff just you know realizing that if i want to accomplish all these things you know i gotta steal the hours from comfort <laughs> as i once heard so 
I haven't been. I watch stuff with the bride, and I guess we watch a lot of stuff together, um, and sometimes movies, but more uh, series. But I got this great uh, American Werewolf in London um, oh. Blu-ray set from Arrow Video, and uh, and I wanted to. St- it's got many special features, and it's real beautiful and stuff. And so I wanted to start by rewatching the movie. Like it didn't actually come out till after Halloween, um, so I would I, I kind of extending that season. Um, even further but um anyway so i wanted to watch the movie it's like 97 minutes i was like i can stay up for this because i've been sometimes going to sleep earlier and waking up earlier to do stuff but uh so i put it in on saturday i think and so we've um we got a new tv downstairs uh where we hung out well i guess we so now, actually, where we hung out upstairs watching like Goonies extras and stuff after the bride went to bed, that was like an old four by three TV when you were here. Yeah, yeah. We got a, a new, um, you know, smart TV and stuff. So, but only one of them has a headphone jack in the back, which is how I watch TV once the bride goes to sleep um, on weekends and stuff. And that was what I always did downstairs, but now that TV is upstairs. So with all the food <laughs> oh. so, so that did not go well <laughs> last week to the point where i like so if i do these things i'll tell her about it so that i don't just like carry it around in shame and so that there's some not necessarily accountability i'm just remind like another human being knows about this so i was just like okay next time i make a point of staying out to watch a movie just so you know i'm going to empty that cupboard and put it all in the cooler like i would if you were out of town and like hide it in the garage like back it put it in the trunk back it up against the the garage so i can't get it and i'll put it back in the morning because i can't handle it <laughs> especially if i've had like so we started to do this thing on saturdays i think it's the pizza that made me think of it both for like eating things you shouldn't but also kind of the ritual so we've got sunday night ritual of like uh walking dead and um wine and cheese so even now that i drink so much less than i have previously and less often i still have uh wine and like every sunday i'll have wine and cheese nowadays i can only like i know it's a max in fact i've been buying these pre-measured single bottle things so it's like i can i found that i can drink three of them but if i have four then i'm gonna be fucked up the next day so (laughs) (laughs) it's great like i used to rock a bottle of wine a few times a weekend and and my my limit that I knew is like I do wine and a beer, but anyway, whatever. So I'm proud of myself for a lot of that, but it, it's problematic when I do want to have some. So, uh, but that wine is bad when you have it the pre measured, even like the best kind that we have. So I and I've been buying it for a while and just kind of tired of the bad taste. And so the bride makes this thing that I think you make a similar dish. It's like this spicy spaghetti um, with a lot of like. Uh, cheese and bacon and cream type sauce i'm it's actually like a chrissy Teigen recipe but it's similar to one that i think you've shared carbonara something like that yeah and uh it's so good (laughs) and so it's so good that she actually even likes it quite a bit when she doesn't like a lot of what she cooks and so we've been having that a lot on saturdays and so i'll have so i'll have i love to have wine with uh pasta as, as a general rule and uh so on that night we had that dish which is really rich and all that and i had the two pre-measured things and i'm like i'm gonna do wine and cheese tomorrow so i gotta be sensible but then i go up and and she decorated for christmas in some already yeah which is really early even for her like she can 
I can't tell you how excited she gets. She like opens the thing and she's like dancing and she just loves, it makes her so happy. So uh, we did that last weekend. And so, and I, it's early for me to be fair, but I, that stuff makes me very happy to see as well. And so like the Christmas treat stuff is up. I got a belly full of pasta and a couple glasses of wine, of which I'm flying. And uh, I put in this movie and I was like, oh, I could do a third <laughs> for those little <laughs> bottles. That'll be fine. I won't be in trouble for that. Or like, I won't feel bad tomorrow. So I have that. I'm having a blast. This fucking movie rocks. The transfer is amazing. <laughs> I'm just like digging into shit. I'm like, we, we, <laughs> I don't even know. I know at some point I got into, I got into, I did the three little bottles that I did a milk stout uh, beer. I thought maybe I can have three bottles and then a beer because that's not <laughs> high alcohol. You're yeah. bargaining with yourself. All of that. Yeah. Yep. And I, and there's this amazing peanut butter in the cupboard that I hide that she bought. I never would have bought this because I cannot handle it. So I'm just like standing in the kitchen. <laughs> I don't want to get into all the terrible, but it's, you know, just night eating like a motherfucker. And, uh, <laughs> and at some point I got Fritos. <laughs> and queso it was a disaster it was a disaster <laughs> so that, oh, but it was also buddy. glorious you know i, yeah. I had a great time <laughs> uh but yeah so the 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 stand oh because it wasn't the single serve that's what it was i got a good like a good bottle of wine that i pre-measured because I, I was like i gotta figure out how much would be half of it and people are, they always measure like liters. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Just tell me how many cups, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I got yeah. out like a measuring thing. I'm like, okay, this is how much one would be using the single serve. So I figured it all out, but, and that shit was delicious. Anyway, <laughs> even talking about it, I don't feel so much bad. It's like, that was fun, but I need to <laughs> not do that every weekend yeah. if I don't, cause I kind of, I, you know, I felt like shit all Sunday and whatever. You drink more wine on wine and cheese on I Sunday? I did, but. I think less. I think I did stick to two yeah. glasses and I felt bad and fell asleep early and, you know, I had shit to do that I didn't get done. Cause I, and that was what really helped me like stop drinking so much in the first place. I was like, I got, I got shit to do. I can't just be hung over. Like it, yeah. that was my motivator. You know, it was cause it's hard to not do something you like unless there's like a positive benefit of not of the right. shitty, like change in habit of not doing it anyway. But I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> that's what's happening. That's that's the news from Lake Wobegon. <laughs> um, well, shit. Well, I know you saw Doctor Sleep last night, but um, anything else like you've been excited about before we dig into that uh, colossal um, king corner? No, I mean, I no. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I got a quick thing. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, Brer's mentioning. Uh, Cobra Kai got oh, released on DVD, yeah. even though they said it never would. And uh, I don't know why DVD and not Blu-ray, but there's a season one and two Cobra Kai pack that comes with a Daniel LaRusso headband and a Johnny Lawrence headband in the wrapper. I haven't opened it yet. And it has like some... Sp- oh, I just dropped it, but... It has some special features like uh, uh, something about fight choreography, Easter eggs. I think there's gag reel, cast chemistry reads. Oh, I guess there's a bunch of stuff. Exploring the musical identities of Cobra Kai, 
and Miyagi Do with with composers. Oh shit! Making faces and stingray reel. <laughs> anyway, so this should be fun. I might save it for uh, I probably save it for like a warm up for when the season three comes out. But uh, awesome. Yeah, that was just a little fun thing. Long walk, short drink related. All my stuff is King related recently, media wise, that I would talk about, I guess. Um, oh, I did uh, start. They had made this Ghostbusters game back in the early 2000s for um, Xbox and PlayStation 3. That the, the, the story of the game and the dialogue for the cutscenes in the game were written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. And oh, they got all of the original cast back to do the voice of the Whoa. Ghostbusters. So it's considered like Annie Potts even and oh, Bill wow. Murray. Like Bill Murray doesn't do any fucking thing like that. And they got him back to do it. Um, but it is, is, as far as Ghostbuster fans are concerned, it's considered like like the, the unofficial Ghostbusters 3 uh, with that cat that full cast. Because um, so I started playing that and it is they did a remastered version of that. So just like they reboot um, movies and television shows for video games, they do what's called remaster where they take an old game and like apply the new like graphics and everything to it. So it, it looks all polished and new on the new systems. Um, So uh, yeah. So I started that. That was pretty fun. All my other media is Stephen King related pretty much so well, i guess we gotta get into a king corner then yeah <laughs> honey come on over here sugar buns this machine just called me an asshole Where do you want to start? So I, I, oh, I guess I will just say that, um, of course, we saw Doctor Sleep, but I also uh, been spending. I did watch the Shining miniseries and rewatched like the, the Shining movie to go along with that, and and um, three episodes into Castle Rock. I think we're two episodes into Castle Rock. So, uh, she just saw Ace Merrill back from the dead. Yes, in okay. the rearview mirror. Okay, yeah, I know where that is because we just watched the next one last okay. night so i know kind of where that picks up um so and i am reading he had a short story come out last fall called elevation oh uh, that I didn't, and, yeah i heard and that i'm listening to that right now on audiobook uh it's really good oh cool um i have on reserve i'm just waiting for it to get in is the audiobook for the institute which is the novel that came out this most recently um this fall yeah and that's maybe a a loose sequel to firestarter i believe so that's cool so uh but elevation's really good that's uh that takes place in castle rock actually um it's about so far it's about a man the main character uh has this problem where he is losing weight drastically like one to two pounds a day um and it's uh, 
one of the one of the big complaints of Stephen King later is that he's just recycling stories that he's already done. Mm. And so I'm sure there's plenty of people who's like, that sounds like thinner. Yeah. Um, that, and, that crossed my mind, even though I, I've never actually read thinner, or only seen previews for the movie in the 90s. <laughs> but the thing about it is like he his mass, his body size does not change. And also, like if he holds like if he picks up a chair and gets on the scale, he's the same weight. It doesn't matter like if he's naked or wearing clothes or holding a person, huh. he still weighs the same amount when he gets on the scale. And then by later that day, he'll be a pound less and a pound less the next morning and a pound less by that following evening. Like he just like cont- is continually losing weight. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. And he has this feud going with his neighbors who are these like married lesbians that also are being kind of ostracized by the, by the town of Castle Rock because they're married lesbians and just a, a lot of, a lot of stuff that, uh, the kind of synopsis or he's like, you know, there's, it, there's a lot of bad in this world and, you know, people could just use some a little bit of good or like something along those lines. So it's starting to get a little heartwarming, which is very nice. Um, he's befriended the lesbians that are not feuding anymore. And uh, yeah, just a really good it's it's a good story so far. But that taking place in Castle Rock, we also started Castle Rock season two, which that first episode. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's not. It until the last like five minutes. That's when it got like when she like. That's well, I guess we'll spoil she, it, right? So we'll just spoil yeah, we should spoil I, it. That's when she kills Ace Mara. Oh like, yes! With the, with oh the my god, scoop. that was intense. Fuck. Yeah, and it just kept going, and they kept like the sound kept going, and like way more violent than anything in season one. I think I feel yeah. like, anyways. Um so, and it doesn't it feel like it's not even the same town or the group of people like it's yeah, it has a similar vibe, I guess, as a show, sort of, but yeah. not not even that close, like I feel like as I'm picturing the season one, I sort of imagine more of the blue you'll often see in like dark movies to make things, yeah, like. A good example of like not that is like seven. Like seven is there's no blues and I shouldn't say no blues, but like that's a big part of how they made it seem so almost black and white. Or the crow, really, as I know for sure they did no blues. That's just like a classic thing you do at nighttime. But this feels more like I don't know. So I I think about that first series and I see that a little bit somehow. This little like kind of blue cast, uh, not people but a uh, haze or something and this one is much so it doesn't actually even look the same in that regard like i was i was starting to say i guess i'm yeah. backtracking it it doesn't quite feel like the same show and it's certainly a whole new group of characters yeah, and you don't see yeah, any of the, and the mellow tiger you do see maybe that's in the episode i just watched but even that it's in it's in different. castle rock like there are yeah. some things that happen in castle rock and they reference jerusalem's lot or salem's lot yeah in there are they in the Marston there, House? They're they're actually in Salem's Lot, right? Instead of Castle Rock, or no? Yeah, but well, no, because the Emporium Glorium is definitely in Castle Rock. 
Oh, and that so that's not that's like from Needful Things, right? Which yeah. I don't know yet. Okay. Well, the Emporium Glorium was Pop Merrill's store that he had in the in Castle Rock. He was Ace Merrill's uncle in the like in the books. Um but Oh, that the, character exists in the books like somewhere? Pop Merrill? Yeah. Yeah. The Tim Robbins but not character? anything oh. like this Tim Robbins character. Like Oh, they kind of changed it. Yeah, well, Pop Merrill was just just this like miser who owned a junk shop in Castle Rock, ah. who supposedly had a ton of money, but just like because he was a miser, like just kind of squirreled it away and was kind of this. I he had power over the town because he had money, and was just like this. I guess. This is a little similar. He just knows all the goings on of the town, you yeah. know, and is kind of has his finger in all of it, you know. The Tim Robbins um, version seems a little bit more like people like him. Yeah. Generally, I guess. Maybe not though. But it feels like he does <laughs> bad things or there were bad yeah. things that he's capable of yeah. at least, you yeah. know, like they make a reference where they're like you know they're just his cops, like he's got mm. You, like I heard that, oh, I that, that in the second episode, like so he obviously has cops on the payroll, uh, right? And those were the ones that like grabbed his, um, yep. What that, what that would be his adopted son, Abdi. Yep. And yep. Uh, yeah, that was that was intense. <laughs> um, but yeah, it totally it does feel like a different show to me, and I was I don't know now is this show every season is going to be like a different version of castle rock or uh, because they kind of set up the parallel versions of castle rock in the first season where that's where the, um, Oh, like an actual different timeline possibly. Yeah. Like a, like an alter. And that's a big thing in Stephen King's universe that there's infinite amount, you know, the multiverse, there's Mm -hmm. an infinite amount of versions of this earth. And so, um Ooh. yeah they well i don't want to spoil things i i think it's okay. possible it's the same though maybe not honestly I, i'm not sure uh, uh yeah i've, I've been I'm enjoying to see so one character just show me one character from the first season and that will help you know like yeah yeah the um well, of course, I haven't seen Misery, the movie, and I haven't yet read Misery, the book, but I'm aware of it enough in just the clips I've seen online, and or not online, just in, in the world, like since yeah. it came out, whenever that was, in the probably early 90s. But um, this characterization of it, um, Lizzie Kaplan's version of the character, seems like it's just some sort of emaciated version of the Kathy Bates. Like, she has the same affect. It's kind the, of amazing. The gate of her walking yeah she even has a walk it's perfect it's just (laughs) like how kathy bates she nails it you're exactly right like a skinny version of the kathy bates version of of yeah um, it's incredible like uh, i mean i've seen her and stuff and i've had a crush on her sometimes i don't exactly have a crush on her as this character but i'm in awe of her like what she's doing with it she was she was in uh, Empire Records, right? She was the one was who she? tried to commit suicide. Oh shit! Oh, I think the bald headed one. Yeah, I think one. it might be right. Um, now I gotta know. Check my and she was uh, totally naked in when she was in um, 
what's the vampire HBO vampire show? True Blood. Uh, oh, True Blood. Oh man, yeah. see, maybe I didn't know any of this. Uh, so she. I'm a sleazebag, so don't worry. Oh man, yeah, me too. I. Oh, this is terrible. So let me just preface this by I know this is terrible, but the thing, like, she has this monologue about blowjobs in uh, this movie with Kirsten Dunst. It's like a bride movie. Anyway, yeah. she's sitting next to Horatio Sands on on the plane, and then she just like goes through this whole thing. I I can't get into it, but because I can't, I would blush. But like, yeah, it's uh, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> she give Horatio Sands a blowjob. Then no, th- what she really does is she just like talks up this thing, and he thinks like, oh my god, this chick, and then she just like orders a drink and she's just like fucking with him like in a mean way (laughs) like you don't you don't see him before after it's partially to like establish that character like like that who is very manipulative but anyway it's a really hot scene and she's in uh i've seen her in some things she can be very attractive um let's see so no that might not be so oh freaks and geeks i guess i saw but i don't remember um that was like her first thing uh smallville i didn't see that mean girls she's in mean girls i've always meant to see mean girls um crashing cloverfield she's in cloverfield but i don't think yeah yeah true blood i'm glad to hear about that nudity i'll be checking that out (laughs) yeah yeah definitely (laughs) check that out machine yeah what is the show i was talking about i don't even know uh oh man she's been at this for a little while but not quite so long bachelorette is the movie I was thinking of where she talks to Horatio Sands. <laughs> She's in New Girls some. Um, now you see me. Masters of Sex is, I saw maybe one of those episodes. Uh, oh, she was, the, I guess she was in The Disaster Artist as Lizzie Kaplan. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I don't remember that. Anyway, she's amazing. This I was just as I was reading through the the IMDb filmography, I'm reminded uh, a little shout out to John from the Pop Bros Network, uh, who did that, who does that always, gets lost in it. Who I know listens. So hi, John. <laughs> <laughs> they gave us a shout out. They do this thing called um, Spooptacular in October, where they do 31 days of horror movies. So they oh, every day awesome. they put out a podcast. They did it last year and this year, and uh, I happened to just. I had listened to that whole Jean-Paul Van Damme cast run, except for the movies that he wasn't in. I'm now listening to those. But I just got so used to listening to John and Jeff talk about movies that I missed them. And so I'm like, all right, I'll try this Halloween uh, spooptacular. So I did 2018. I rolled over into 2019. I'm listening to uh, the Children of the Corn episode, and they, they're talking about us. And <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I almost crashed the car. Anyway, so John always gets lost in the IMDb uh um filmography as i just did but awesome. yeah lizzie kaplan doing amazing stuff on this show as is pretty much everybody robin tooney is the woman from empire records who plays the one that tried to commit suicide oh so i'm sure i would she, recognize she her just see, was she in like, the craft that one yeah no, no. <laughs> no but that's not the right person that, that, <laughs> that's not who you're thinking of it, it i don't can't know who robin be. tooney is robin tooney Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, the craft She's in it. the mentalist. She is in the craft. She must be That's for some reason what I was picturing. Yeah. I think she's like I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, good um, sh- uh, so I do, are you liking it though really? The this new Castle Rock? 
It did. It has not grabbed me like the first season did. Um, I, we're going to keep watching it, of course, because they're up to like season or episode seven now, right? Like, oh yeah, I wasn't sure quite how far they were, or how far behind we so, are. Um, I'm de- I mean, we'll definitely watch it and, and get through it, but it just has not grabbed me yet. <clears throat> it, it, I like this. I knew as soon as they had, they showed the like ground and there was something about the ground when he like fell into that thing. I'm like, Oh, are they going to do like a pet cemetery type thing? I don't know if that's what it is. And if they explain, you know, if they have some kind of idea in the third episode, like don't spoil it, but yeah. Yeah. I won't won't say anything, Uh, but the Marston house thing, that was really a nice, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like that's intriguing, whatever that's about. Like you're, she was down there and she basically encounters two people fucking in like a dungeon or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I um and they're just saying fuck and stuff like that. Like, I don't remember that oh, yeah. from last season. Is, is yeah. that what they did then too or um I don't know if they swore as much. I don't know. I'm That's seeing a that question. a lot like um on FX shows like the bride and I watched um the well it's not a prequel. It's like another it's a what do you call it? It's like a spin-off of Sons of Anarchy called the Mayans. And um between last season and this season, now that's just like flat out, it might as well be on HBO. <laughs> like they just really? say fuck all the time. Yeah, it's like that stuff on um, cable television is really different. Uh, Mr. Robot, we watch Mr. Robot, fucks all of a sudden this season. That's uh, crazy. Wow. You got it. Someday you got to watch Mr. Robot. That's not like me suggesting you watch something that I like so that we can talk about it. It's of the things that we watch, the thing that I, the show that I think is i think you would like because you're you not because if that makes any sense i also would say like if you watch the pilot and you're like "Eh." (laughs) it's like i don't think you're gonna grow to like like love it if you don't love the pilot but yeah it's a it's a really smart really stylish show about like really smart people and it's kind of like um fight club meets girl with the dragon tattoo but it's also like its own its own that's thing. and that's got the guy uh rami malik from uh, yeah Bohemian from rhapsody yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. such a cool show such and, and it's and the last season now so there'll only be four is seasons. christian slater in that he fucking a he is he's yeah. awesome oh he's great he's yeah he's after the first season not in it enough for my taste but that's saying something because i probably just want him to be in every scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah it's such a cool show um uh, and uh they took a like for a while like the guy that created it was literally directing every episode like in maybe the second or third season and now they're sharing it a little more but yeah i just think that you would really That's dig great that control though i mean you definitely are it, you get to express your vision it, it that way. really feels like uh it looks different than other shows it's like a soup it's like you know how kubrick films have that really centrifugally focused yeah, thing yeah. like this guy's thing is a little bit more mixed, but a lot of it is kind of like off. So like, instead of like having the lead room in front of a person when they talk, he'll often put them like with the lead room behind their head. I don't, it's like all this, he's got his own style, but it, it's different than the conventional style. It's just exciting yeah. to watch in that regard. Put these down. Dexter. 
I did. Yeah, it's a little actually, bit of it. When I say a little, it's only a little in that like Dexter would only kill ser- ser- other. He would ki- only kill really bad people, and that's yeah. how he dealt with being a serial killer. Uh, so Elliot is a is a hacker, the main character, and he'll only hack people that are like doing bad shit. Gotcha. Um, anyway, I don't want to give any more away, but. Yeah, uh, fucks are flying everywhere, including on Castle Rock. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, it's still good. Like, I'm very intrigued. I just don't don't think I'm deep enough into it yet to, like, be invested. I'm intrigued at this point. Uh, yeah. Tim Robbins, like, I want to know more about what's going on with him. Um, I want to, yeah, I, I, I like the characters that they're setting up, you know. Uh, yeah. And it's yeah. it's kind of exciting. I did see a, a a headline that was like episode seven finally brought Tim Robbins back to Shawshank <gasps> and it was totally worth it. Whoa. Like, yeah. So I hope he doesn't have to crawl through a river of shit backwards. Oh <laughs> man. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Like, <laughs> Oh wow. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I, I'm, I hadn't really thought too much about whether I liked it. I've just been so like enthralled with, um, Oh wow! Look what she's doing! Like just like you know, Annie Wilkes for the other movie, or or like oh my God, Ace Merrill. <laughs> so I'm still in yeah. that sort of phase. Yeah. But in this last one we were watching, we I could tell uh, oh like the bride is she's just like I'm not loving this like I did, uh, and yeah. this may be an early transition or whatever. But she literally has said on more than one occasion about Doctor Sleep, I love that movie. <laughs> she I, okay. never says that <laughs> about, so I'm about these just type gonna, of movies. I'm just going to say, like, oh, that we're recording this on a Thursday, not our normal Wednesday, because the only chance I put off going to see this movie, um, for no other reason, and this is weird, I just didn't feel like going to the movies. And so I put it off, and Monday was the last chance that I would have had because I had plans on Tuesday if we were going to record on Wednesday. And I called Dave and said, hey, can we just kick the can on recording a day so I can watch the movie on Wednesday? And he did. And I still, yesterday, I was like, oh, I don't want to go to this. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. wa- go see this movie. I never do anything. I understand that feeling completely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, like, literally drug myself to the theater and got the ticket. And, like, and I got to put the, because we had the bucket and the cup. Oh, yeah, know, the refillable thing? The refillable thing. And so I was like, and I got to piss. Which means I got to go to the concession stand and ask them if they can hold the bucket and cup because I'm not taking that into that filthy ass bathroom. And then I go into the bathroom and then I got to get back in line and get my bucket and cup and have it filled up. And yeah, it's so, but I sit down and then we're assigned seats, right? Because they converted over to assigned seats. And I like my favorite position in the theater is pretty much the back right i like to be looking to my left to the screen right like slightly just ever so slightly (laughs) and i picked there were two people in the back row so i went to the next row and i picked one seat in now these aren't like benches or anything they're individual seats so i picked one seat in so that way I wouldn't have anybody want to sit next to me. Well, <laughs> right before the movie starts, this guy comes walking in 
and sits down, not right next to me, but where was one seat in between us. Like he picked oh, that that's seat. Weird. Like, <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> and uh, he definitely did not. I didn't pick my seat with knowing his was there. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. he picked mine. Like he picked after I had picked mine. And so he kind of sat next to me, but it was fine because like we laughed at all the same things and like gasped at all the same things, like the references, I mean, and uh I my energy level and attitude was a complete 180 by the end of that movie. Like, awesome. like I sat through the credits, like, please let there be some scene, like something more. Like it was so good. It was like I was like, what, how would you sum this up? And it's easily, it's, it might not necessarily be like the best Stephen King movie, but it's one of the best Stephen King adaptations. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. I haven't read the book in a while. It was actually the first, no, probably the second Stephen King book that I, um, listened to, I guess. uh, Yeah. I think the shining was first. Though I'm not, I'm I couldn't swear to you that it wasn't Doctor Sleep then The Shining for me because I I knew okay. The Shining movie, and I think I had so it was like 2013 when it came out. Um, yeah, I, I'm really not sure which was was first, but uh, so it's been that long. So it's like before I started to do the chronology, and so right. I didn't remember a ton about it, and so the whole thing with like the. Oh, the the people in the caravans and the steam. Like I had, I had forgotten all of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just sort of remembered that it was a you know Danny Torrance grown up, and uh, I didn't remember. I mean, I remembered like liking it because it was like after that I was like, well, I mean, I think after that I did on writing, and then I ended up going back to Carrie. But, um, but yeah, and so I was like encouraged by. The trailer, like, I was encouraged by, like, that the way that it seemed this, like, direct sequel to The Shining and had those recreations. I also am realizing, like, I have, I I actively like Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah. I maybe have a crush on him. If he has a beard, forget about it. He <laughs> absolutely blew me away in this movie. Like, he, he had this, like, ev- like blue-collar, everyday man, like, talk and... Yeah. I don't know. He just sold it. Yeah. Totally sold it. Like I, I, I liked him so much. Like even as this like profoundly like he starts as this really flawed uh character, but I don't know. I was just on board for it. But going in the the bride was like we were like shopping and stuff throughout the day ahead of time and the cashier at the grocery store is like, What are you guys gonna do? We're like she's like, We're going to the movies and and they're like, What are you gonna see? And she's like, Doctor Sleep and then the 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 cashier is like, oh, you want to hang out with me here instead? She's like, I oh, know. <laughs> so, so she was not excited about it. Excited about it, <laughs> needless to like by that. But like, she came out of it. And she's like, I loved that. And I heard her talking to her dad later. And that's how they talk. Like the when we were talking about the podcasting when you're out here, that's how they talk about everything. That's their shorthand is like dum dums and this that or the other. They don't. They say terribly nice things about you, not to your face, <laughs> kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So if you're present, you're gonna be spoken of, kind of with a, a joking attitude. So she was like, I, but she told them she's like, I was going into it like being a brat about the whole thing. She's like, I loved it, Dad. <laughs> 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 so I think part of what it is, part of why she loved it, 
is because it was written and like adapted and directed by the guy who did Haunting of Hill House uh, right. from and, Netflix, which she adores. Uh, and he did um, Gerald's Game also. Oh, shit. Okay. He directed that oh, as well. Oh, I think well, he might be. Which is, I'm going to say he's married to Car- Carla, who started oh, yeah. that, baby. I know what we No, were no, about. he's not. He's married to this lady who looks exactly like a young Angelina Jolie, who's oh, in Haunting okay. of Hill House. That's what it is. But... Uh, yeah i'll get his name here so there's a lot of similar like in and after knowing that that really made sense um and the haunting of hill house like i know that has a great reputation and so it does not surprise me that this was so good but i really feel like it did this it did the impossible where it was a sequel to both the book and the movie which are both drastically different from each other you know what I yes, mean? Like, yes. It does a great job of really being a sequel to both of them. Uh, yeah. All the changes that they made from the book. Like, there were things in there that I was like, I can't believe they put this in this movie. Like, the, I, I was like, how are they going to explain steam and the process of harvesting steam and, like, how there's so much exposition that goes on in the book to get that point across. They nailed it. And yeah. then it's like they, stealing people's shine not, basically. Right. They, what, what's it's that? kind of like stealing their shine. Like, uh, yeah, which is this, it's the same. It, they're psychic vampires essentially. Yeah. Like they're feeding yeah. on that uh, emotion and that psychic energy, just like, Pennywise does honestly, right. yeah, because yeah, uh, it gets stronger when there's fear involved. Yep. Fuck that and scene where they ki- kill that kid around the yeah, RV. I can't believe that so they horrible. put that 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 got in put in a movie. Yeah, um, it was. Oh, it was upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that the I, I maybe it was on. I don't know where I heard this or saw it, but the, I guess the kid who played that character, like he just like did what we saw, you know, and what's so affecting. And then I guess just like hopped up after the take and waltzed off and everyone else was like all disturbed and like all the other actors were like, fuck, what just happened? The kid's like, where's craft services? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. But that is a really upsetting scene. I I know it's intentionally so, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, I was, I was, it all kind of came back to me like what the events were, but the way that that they unfolded was surprisingly effective. You know, like it could have been way more, cheesy like at time like when um rose the hat was like you know hovering over the whole everything that was like a little cheesy but she was i thought that was a great representation though of like what she is was capable of yes and Um, all of that stuff that they did like in the mind palaces or whatever like was yeah it was just like wildly well done uh Uh, mike flanagan is the guy's name that i couldn't remember yeah, Mike Flanagan, the yeah. director. I'm trying to see who plays Rose the Hat. Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. Oh, I looked her up immediately. I was uh, yeah. more yeah. than charmed by her in this. I was like, who is that lady? What else can I see her in? Yep. <laughs> she was very alluring. Just perfectly cast. Um, yep. Uh, she absolutely did a great job. Um, the little girl did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, Stephen King is notorious for hating Stanley Kubrick's version of the shining, which 
a lot of people love. Oh yeah, uh, me being yeah. one of them, you being one of them, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also though am a huge fan of the book, and I appreciate Stephen King's perspective. I think is summed up essentially like Jack Nicholson kind of played Jack Torrance as being crazy from the first frame. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, uh, I just rewatched it and. That was very pronounced to me <laughs> this time around. Yeah. Like everything. Like he's I in the car, that, like yeah. driving there with the family. And he, he's just like, I don't know. He's like up to 11. Like he, I can't remember what it is. It's like, it's something really innocuous about just driving. He wants a, to drink the whole time. The, like, yeah. I think yeah he's, there's that too. Um, I think he constantly wants a drink and that's how he's playing it. But it comes off as him being crazy. Yeah. It's um, weird. Like she, it's like Wendy says something to him, like you know, we got to get there. It's gonna be a dark, you know, we're not even like freaking out like she does later. She's like, oh, we should get. Th- I don't know. It's not this at all. I'm just trying to think of something, anything that she says that he parrots back, or she's like, oh, um, you know, we're gonna get there s- soon, Danny, before it gets dark. And he's just driving. He's like, we're gonna get there soon, Danny, before it gets dark. I'm just like, what in the fuck are you even yeah. doing? But yeah, yeah. So I also watched. Um, there's a documentary, a 35 minute documentary that Vivian uh, Kubrick made his daughter, like while they were doing this, yeah. shooting this for a year. So there's some cool stuff in there. And there's this interview with Jack Nicholson. He's not really talking about this topic directly, not in the same context we are, but he's talking about this thing about naturalistic acting. And he's like, you know, you go through this thing where you're trying to make it really real. He's like, the people just haven't really seen it real enough. And then you end up working with someone like Stanley who says like, yeah, it's real, but it's not interesting. And so when he said that, I started to think, oh, I think that's probably just like what they're going for. And I watched it. It was like, it's, it's such a cool movie and he is, he is fun and interesting to watch, but it is so over the top. It's like, I could easily imagine everything he was doing in a stage production without it being changed at all. Like he wouldn't have to project, (laughs) like he could just do what he was doing and it would read the same way. Um, so I, I made, I understand, I guess I, I took that point to heart more than I had in the past. Cause I, I just, my thought has always been, I, I didn't know enough about the nuances of the book to separate it from the film. Cause I think I watched, cause that's what I think. I can't remember if I watched that or like read Dr. Sleep, then like watched the shining and l- then read the sh- shining book or whatever it was. I can't remember that order, right. but it was all mixed together. And I remember knowing that criticism at that time. And this is like five or six years ago, whatever. And I was like, I don't know. It's like, it felt the same to me. It's like, I know it doesn't end the same way with the boiler, but I guess that's one of the other big points too, is that for him, it's supposed to be about Jack Torrance falling apart, succumbing, you know, trying to yeah. fight, to maintain his sort of soul and uh and all of that and then also the boiler as this perfect metaphor for having to to keep from like exploding i guess or like and so to have that missing with the snow metaphor or whatever instead he didn't like um so the what's sort of interesting here in light of how we're talking about them together is then that's how Doctor Sleep ends. They they bring yeah. the boiler thing back. Yeah. Because in doc in the Doctor Sleep book, they go back to the ruins of the Overlook Hotel and it's yeah. assen- it's essentially just an overlook at that point. Like it's like a yeah. highway pull off, you yeah. know. Uh which I didn't remember. Uh the bride was reading that for me in trivia, but before we she started reading the trivia, I was like 
I was like, that's everything I remember about the book. I was like, but I don't have a strong, like it wouldn't, but I said that thing. It's like, it seems like this sequel to both that movie and the shining book, just like we're talking about. But I was yeah. saying, it's like, I could, like, I can't remember for sure. It was like, I could see it not having ended in the overlook or maybe it did. I can't remember. She's like, how yeah. could you not remember? It's like, I don't know. I just don't. But then she read the thing, which was what you just told me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I guess I don't remember that. <laughs> it, it was um, all smart choices. Again, I was talking to Ash. I was like, I really think um, that these great adaptations are made by these fans of Stephen King who like his early adaptations and the ones that started to really be bad were trying to put what he wrote verbatim on a movie that just doesn't work that way. He doesn't write. He writes for internal monologues, right? Like internal dialogue in your head. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like that. I feel like a lot of his writing, there's so much exposition and so much extra in it. Like, it's just like, this it's perfect. That's why his they fit so well for audiobooks because it's like they're they just have this internal dialogue to them. Yeah, you get a lot about what people are feeling and this sort of backstory yeah. about why they feel that way and all kinds of stuff. And they're written like what your voice in your head would sound like. Like they yeah they, talking they to themselves like kind of yeah yeah like yeah. a thought right like yeah and so um I like that they read like a thought. Yeah. Um, But this new batch of of directors who have been lifelong fans of Stephen King are really good at synthesizing his essence from the book, but making good movies. You know what I mean? Like, they also have the talent of making good film. And so then they put those two things together and you get these super intelligent choices that even when you're reading the book, this idea of, cause in the book, he doesn't, she doesn't go visit, find him. Like he arranges via the chalkboard, their first meeting. Oh yeah. And yeah. goes to her town and she skips school and all of this, I'm reading this and I'm like, this would never happen in real life. Like, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no fucking way any of this would be happening in real life. And so in the movie, they acknowledge that by having her seek him out and she just shows up one day yeah. in his life. And that is perfect. Like it just makes so much more sense and really helps support the strength and independence of her character and what yes. she's capable of, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was just thinking, um, before, I don't want to get into every beat, story beat, but there is a single sentence that I actually, I think, just contextualizes for anyone who might not have known. So it's like, years following, this is it from IMDb, years following the events of The Shining, now adult Dan Torrance, who is the kid in The Shining, must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. So the girl we're talking about is the one that, Abra, yeah, who has like, off the charts, like, abilities like Danny does or did. Yep. Yep. Uh, and this or this group of people who travel around, they're gypsies essentially. And in the book through that exposition, you find out there, they allude to it a little bit in the movie, but they have been going for centuries or millennia 
essentially. Yeah, yeah. Feeding on the these um, people who shine and collecting this steam that is released as they're tor- as these people are tortured, and they're kept in these modified thermoses, and that it's the only way they can continue to survive. But as long as they keep doing it, they'll age super slow. They're kind of immortal. They're not human. I, I love how um, when Snakebite Andy, they all have these cool names. Snakebite yeah. Andy and Rose the Hat and... Uh, Barry the Chunk. <laughs> Barry the Chunk and uh, Grandpa Flip and Crow Daddy. Yeah. And uh, all these great names. Anyways, uh, Snakebite Andy asked Rose the Hat. She's like, are we... Because uh, Snakebite Andy... Has so that there's two options when they find somebody with psychic powers. Well, I guess there's not two if they're a kid. If they're a kid, they're going to harvest them and get their steam. But after they get to a certain point, becoming she explains it in the movie that becoming an adult really like it taints the steam. It makes the steam like not good, and yeah, not yeah. not something that will satiate what they need to survive. Yeah. It's almost like they're food. They're like hungry yeah. and withering away, dying if they don't get the steam. Yeah, literal vampires. But she asks, yeah. Snakebite Andy asks her, she's like, are we still human? And Rose just looks at her and she's like, does it matter? You know, like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, that's so, that's so, such a great answer. Uh, but yeah, um, I really, fe- I, when I read Dr. Sleep, I had read The Shining right before that oh cool you did this like uh, last year right or, or yeah like yeah recently and uh i really feel like i know i've said this on the episodes before but it, i really think the movie nailed it the shining is about trying to deal with life while being a drunk and dr sleep is about dealing with life being a sober drunk, like uh, it deals with sobriety. And, yeah, and, yeah, and and recovery and, or whatever the, yep. you know, that looks like. And the movie does such a better job of like hammering that home. Like his speech when he gets his eight-year pin. Yeah. You know, and he's like, you know, my dad would want to stand here. He wanted to be here, and, and I get to. And like, you know, he's this character which Uma McGregor plays so well. That's super intelligent and super powerful, has this super powerful psychic ability, um, but really is soft spoken and not, you know, has done bad things. He, you know, he spent some time as an alcoholic and then finds this town. He takes the bus as high as it'll go, like to the end of the line, basically. Yeah. yeah. Just because he doesn't have anywhere else to go. And, yeah. uh, just by happenstance finds a nice man who takes a chance on him. Billy Freeman. Oh my God. I don't know why it's getting me now. It hit me like sometimes these things do where I just like teared up. Like there wasn't even something he said, but it was something where you were getting from the character of Billy Freeman. He's like, I know this look. And he basically just like encounters Danny on the street and um, offers him essentially a place to stay and a job working at this like tiny town thing that they're building. He just kind of gives him this chance. And I, the, I don't know, just like the, I don't know if it's just the kindness of it. I, I don't know why that whole gesture in that scene where they just shake hands and they don't even say yeah. much. 
that really like it i started to cry i'm almost crying thinking about it the next it's the so next touching. scene is like him paying his two for first two weeks rent and like yeah oh man <laughs> just so like sweet i don't know and uh, he goes down that night he's like I'll, i'm downstairs on the first floor if you ever need anything and he goes that night he's like oh How he did says you? i need help <laughs> yeah and he's like you said you know my look what did you mean by that and he's like you know just suffering and struggling and He's like, yeah, I think I need help. He's like, all right, come on in. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And that's his response to it. Like, <laughs> I don't uh, know why that really like gets me. Uh, but yeah, so it's just we're, we're so coming. moving. That, that I think that's part of it. It's like this movie has genuine heart and, yeah. and in, in intrigue and style and all that stuff too. It's oh, not man. just well, hollow. The, yeah, it's talk about heart. The whole point, like the whole Dr. Sleep thing comes, he ends up getting a job as an orderly in a hospice center. Yeah. Yeah. And the cat who is also at the hospice center has this ability to that cat goes and sleeps with the person if they're going to die that night. Yeah. And he uses that. God, the first, the first, I was time just thinking that, about that first guy. Like you basically sit with him and he knows he's going to die and he's scared and he's emotional. Oh. Yep. And and Dan at the like to help ease him goes into his mind and helps him remember oh. a pleasant memory and it helps ease him into the next plane, you know, on yeah. because Danny Torrance has firsthand evidence that there is something after this life. Because he keeps getting visited by things. By oh, that's right. The people from the Overlook, the the ghosts from the Overlook. Because they're so hungry, and I it, like, man, this movie did such a great job of explaining all that stuff with this exposition, and like Dick Halloran, who gets killed in the in the movie, but not in the book. Yeah. Um. They don't even touch on that. They don't even allude to it, but he sh- keeps showing up. Yeah, and you, they you, handled it the same way. Like the, like the bad ghosts show up to him, Dick Heller. Yes, show- yes. So I think in the book, probably he was still alive and they he just still they would meet. But, but in the he's movie, coming they, back as a ghost. In the yeah. movie, he's coming back as a ghost to help Danny learn how to deal with his powers. And he teaches him how to trap these ghosts, essentially, in his mind. And that's another, that's a, another great question that has a great answer in this movie where he asked Dick Halloran, he's like, what happens to them inside those boxes? <laughs> and Dick Halloran just looks at him. And he's like, do you care? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. but he explains how these ghosts, be- because the overlook was essentially expunged of all of that and left to go derelict because Danny had so much power. They literally are drawn to him to try to, pull some of this psychic energy so you have ghosts that are eating psychic energy the overlook is um you find out is also this like drain on the energy and i like how they finally give the overlook like its own presence like that's what's that's what's possessing jack torrance that's what's possessing danny torrance is this is the overlook itself you know and uh because the book does says that a name, but I felt like Stanley Kubrick's movie really didn't. No, I haven't you know. just rewatched it. They don't really get the closest is the, like you. You really get that if anything at the very end when you see the picture of him, and you yeah. realize like he's always somehow been there. Like they like the guy says you've he always got been sucked the in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but so i had just so i just watched the miniseries because i was like i'm not gonna have time to to listen to the book or make time or whatever but i was curious about the miniseries i thought this would be a good time uh to watch it but i was especially interested because the dvd that exists so this is made 1997 it's got commentary from from stephen king from the director mick garris who also did the stand miniseries um, and various other people involved in it and, and for awesome. each of the three parts and so it's like this wow it's a three part so it's like uh, each of them was 90 minutes so it's this you know a really long telling that was written by king so like this is his version yeah. of of his book after the stand was so successful i guess they're like what do you want to know he's like well i've always wanted to do the shining and so they were able to get some crazy shit on tv um it feels like a tv movie i'll say that yeah. uh but um, anyway, I bring it up because that was so fresh for me. I feel like it was almost, that was how I was able to recognize the things that I knew were not from Dr. Sleep necessarily. Yeah. That was how I was able to realize like, oh, they are taking this stuff from somewhere else. It, but it's so some of the dialogue that, that I recognized from the, from the miniseries was like in the boiler room, but now in Dr. Sleep. Um. It was inter- it was it was cool and it, you know the Steven Weber part was actually a draw for me about the miniseries cause yeah, his yeah. tour de force performance of it as an audiobook and by the end I would I will say like I thought the last like 20 minutes or whatever he was incredible cuz he has all this makeup he's working with too as he really descends into madness um but so there's stuff in that movie where Tony in Stephen King's adaptation of his own book Tony is like an apparition that appears yeah. to Danny that is really rather cheesy. Um, and I don't think this is in the book, but like he basically at the end has a scene where Danny is graduating from college or high school. I'm not sure which, maybe high school and Tony, but, and it's eventually it's the same character as played oh. Tony is like, so basically realized that Tony who's warning him to, to not go to the overlook and all this stuff is actually his grown up self. Um, gotcha. and at the high school graduation, like his dad is there, um, looking not fucked up and like proud of him as, as a ghost, I guess to where the, yeah. he's like, and I think I t- actually took a bunch of notes. That I won't bust out, but I think the one of the main, I remember was for, I don't know if Stephen King said this or Mick Garris, the director, but something like is, is the, in their mind is about the, the, the redemption of, uh, Jack Torrance. Right. Which is not something that would ever even occur to me. <laughs> um, but I feel like they kind of did that in the Dr. Sleep as well. Um, we're trying to like redeem Jack Torrance and like ma- not make him this ax wielding maniac, but rather this loving father who was struggling to maintain, yep. Um, himself amidst the pull of those spirits and the overlook and stuff. Um, anyway, can we talk about some of the direct homages though to the original? Oh yeah, that happened in there. Like yeah, how about when right after he goes to AA, he meets the doctor from uh, who also played Gerald from Gerald's Game. Oh so, okay, because like, this guy likes to recycle his actors. Yeah. Yeah, I recognize that character actor. I can't think of his name. But the interview room, like his office where he's interviewing Danny Torrance is identical to the interview room that Jack Torrance 
at the beginning of The Shining. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's set up exactly the same. The shots are the same. The windows behind him. I I caught that. He even does those hand sim. sim oh, like, really? That, like he does a couple of them. Have you seen Room Two Three Seven? Yeah, a few years the, ago. I don't remember the conspiracy long, theory documentary. Yeah, yeah. Like that was one of the things they pointed out. Like he keeps moving his hands. And making these symbols that are like crypt. I don't know, Mister Allman, the the guy that, or George Jack Torrance in that scene. In that scene, the guy who's interviewing Jack Torrance. Yeah, like, his name is Allman, which I always remembered because you never see. It was like Tracy Allman and this guy. It's spelled like oh. my, my name and everything. So <laughs> oh, it always yeah. stuck out to me. <laughs> but yeah, but I can he, picture that guy. He puts his hands together in certain ways that are not natural. That like they're arguably kind of picture natural. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that guy did it like he just does a little brief one and i'm just like oh my gosh like that's amazing such a deep cut for you know to for it to be in there and uh, i didn't quite catch on to the nuances i did not catch on to the nuances of that for me what it was and i never would have guessed it was the same room or replicated it was actually the shot on ewan mcgregor's character because it's kind of um so this was something i didn't realize till recently rewatching the shining because i thought it was something about my dvd but like the shining is not like a two three it's not like a widescreen movie it's a four by three like just square (laughs) like that's how it was shot in 1980 and so um so the framing of certain things is a little bit different than it might be if it were a widescreen movie and so for what it was about that scene for me was the framing of the shot on Hugh mcgregor because i hadn't yet rewatched the shining i rewatched it after seeing dr sleep the kubrick movie and uh it was that shot on him i was like that seems like a, uh, an homage to the to the shining and then on the way home we're reading it and it was uh imdb trivia and it was basically everything you said, except for like they didn't catch on to the hand signals. You should contribute that to IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But that was that kind of stuff was exciting. And then like when Rose the Hat is like walking up the stairs at him, she's doing like the same hand gestures as when Jack is coming up the stairs yep, at Wendy. Yep. And and he's kind of like swinging the axe just a little bit, like she yeah, with the bat. With the bat yeah. And the drive up to the Overlook is the same shot as the drive. Yeah, from the opening credits of the, of the thing. Yes, or, I caught the vibe of that in the in the yeah. opening, but I didn't realize till. But it's at night. It, yeah, oh, I, I think IMDb says it's the actual same footage, just treated digitally. Oh, it's like really? They, they said they recreated a lot of things, but the blood and the pouring into the hallway, and a few of the shots leading up to the overlook, they treated day for night and then added snow. Uh, well, actually, maybe that's later when they go back to it. Yeah. Like at the end, uh, that stuff was so exciting though to catch on to as a viewer. Like you're just like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. There was a ton of uh, Stephen King references too. Um, the Tet, like the bus lines are named Tet, and in the Dark Tower series, they're they form what's called the Tet Corporation. Oh, Lamerck Industries is uh, um, one of the industry like one of the companies that are a front for the crimson king who's the antagonist in the dark tower series um oh shit randall flag's not the antagonist he's the like first lieutenant of the oh shit he's like okay wow yeah he's like second in command that's hard to imagine 
Yeah. This Crimson King sounds like Satan himself, basically. He is he is Satan himself. <laughs> yeah. like, he's Stephen King's like version of Satan. Oh That's, wow. Um and then uh the second time you see Dick Halloran when he comes to the hospice and uh, Danny goes to talk to him. The one of the first words out of his mouth are like "cause a wheel," and that's that's a direct line oh. from the Dark Tower series. Oh wow! Yeah, that's exciting. So, so that and that stuff would not have been in Doctor Sleep. Certainly not the Dick Halloran part, right? Uh, no, like um, I don't think so. No, and not not calling the bus lines the Tet buses or anything like that. Uh, there, uh, of course, there are, are Dark Tower references in all of his books, but. Um, nothing that blatant like that. I I really love the. They really nailed the vibe too with using the actors and actresses that looked just enough like um, Shelley Duvall and like Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and, was Henry Thomas, like. Uh... Uh, from E.T. <laughs> like little oh, kid. Really? Little, is his name Elliot in E.T.? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, I did not know that. I don't that's... think I would have known that had I not seen him in Haunting of Hill House as a someone this age. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's, I'm sure, you know, partially the relationship he has that led to this. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I wasn't oh. expecting to see because, like, in the preview, you see, like, the, the ride in the big wheel and stuff. And I figured they would just show stuff like that but never faces so i was really surprised to see those scenes initially uh but yeah i thought they're very serviceable yeah so cool to see like so many of the shot recreations as danny goes through the overlook like yep. basically mirroring the stuff with his dad uh yeah and i i love that the aged overlook like they did it looked great like yeah. it looked and his typewriter was still there and right, like right. you know like uh all of it. And uh, I, uh, I was just re- remembering. Uh, so the when I watched the miniseries, one of the miniseries, like I'm not sure how well I recommend that. I recommend it as a curiosity, and the commentaries okay. are actually super interesting to hear Stephen King talk about the challenges of adapting for a television miniseries, and there's a lot of just interesting information that comes out because there's such a long period of time over which they're talking. Um, but one of the th- particularly interesting things about it is it's shot at the place at the actual hotel that Stephen King stopped at that gave him the idea for the shining. Oh, that's and awesome. it's right set on the, so when you see like the Rocky mountains and stuff, they're actually, it's not some sort of the projection or whatever that they'll often use in movies shot on sets for whatever's outside. It's the actual Rocky mountains and stuff. So that stuff was uh, rather neat uh, to see. And, on the flip side, I was surprised in digging into The Shining a little more for the first time in a long time that that wasn't a real hotel. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know, that, that was all built. Um, so I guess they would have had to rebuild it. But God, it was perfect. I mean, like, you got to get like the right lens. So like the set has to be perfect. You got to get the same lens, the same distance from the like the yep, science of that. of that. It's so remarkable what they did uh, to recreate those things. And and like the stuff, like you may not recognize all of it, but you you do, you just kind of like catch on to what they're doing. Like I yep. hadn't seen The Shining in years or whatever, uh, 
but I was catching that stuff in a satisfying way. And then now to hear like what you're saying about the hand gestures, I can only imagine the the details. I, that are I, I am sure there is, there's just so much that make it a Steve, like make it into the Stephen King universe. And, and then on top of all of that stuff, it was thoroughly enjoyable as a movie. Yeah. Like, just like, like you were saying, perfectly cast, perfectly performed. The beats were good. It just is, was totally watchable and just a good movie. Yeah. And it gets into like an adventure at a certain point where like yep. the Danny, the adult Danny teams up with this super powerful kid, uh, Abra to like go after Rose the hat and the, and the true knot to uh, stop them basically doing what they're doing. Um, and Abra's like this like little superhero in a way because of her, her powers are so intense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was just a it was like it was a fun movie. It was a touching movie. It wasn't really scary. Although the really most horrific thing I would say was the 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 torturing and killing torturing of the kid. kid. Yeah, even the shining stuff, like the ghosts from the Overlook. Yeah, like, even that stuff wasn't like the woman in the bathtub. The first time he hears her as a kid like as like she followed him from the overlook and he hears yeah. the bathtub splash in the middle of the night and he pisses yeah. himself and like yeah and oh. she and the the door swings open and there's like a it's dark behind the shower curtain and like is there someone back there is there not someone back there right right but then you see her like that was fucking terrifying <laughs> yeah. like i i'm sorry yeah that was Never. scary they That's did right. that perfect um but then just like another 180 when he finally knows the trick on how to fight him when he goes into that bathroom and she's like grinning. Oh, yeah. He like, end, yeah. And he like he has or, so much yeah. confidence in himself that he like turns his back on her while yeah, he shuts, shuts the, the door. door. That was exciting. Oh, oh yeah. man. He communicates so much too. Like he doesn't say anything. You just know that now he has the, yeah, the, the confidence and the, yep. he's going in there to just handle it. <laughs> yep. And then you yep. see that with Abra at the end. Um, right. And then what they do, like she goes into a bathroom or something like that. Oh yeah. Now like, she's yeah. haunted by maybe yep. that same ghost, right. From two thirty seven. Oh yeah, maybe not it her. Totally yeah, totally could be. Yeah, so that's the, a, the same exact setup. I think the same exact thing happens. Yeah, and she does the same thing, like turns her back on the ghost, and because she knows what she needs to do. Oh man, I just remember it ended, and I'm just like, I did not even want to see this movie. Like, I didn't even <laughs> want to come to this movie, and I'm so entertained. I was so entertained by it. It was so good. Highly recommend it. I especially if you're a Shining, uh, a fan of The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. I don't know why you wouldn't be. That movie <laughs> yeah. is so good. Yeah. Uh, or a fan of the book. I yeah. don't know why you wouldn't be. That book is so good. Um, yeah, totally recommend it. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah, it's nice to see something live up to. Uh... You know, a trailer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I remember I shared that trailer, and uh, and it's just the trailer of him riding the tricycle through the yeah. through the halls of the Overlook, and then you came back with they 
they recreated all of that stuff except for the one like you found out really fast or you knew so, like yeah, I don't remember how but that yeah. they had they had actually recreated all that stuff and that made it even better and then oh yeah it was just so good everybody brought their a game yeah highly recommend it yeah me too and the bride as well who was also a skeptical audience that was a uh, that was cool to see her come around and enjoy it so much she said to me a few days after though or maybe he was even leading up she's like you realize the last three movies we've seen in the movie theater were <laughs> it chapter two <laughs> the joker and dr sleep He's oh like, <laughs> that's the same movies i've seen in the last yeah. movies i've seen in the theater like, Shit. see like a nice romantic comedy or something i'm like yeah sure like invite me to a movie i will go to it with you but that's just how it's been yeah she's really excited to see knives out that's just her yeah. kind of whodunit uh thing that looks fantastic yeah. we're gonna see that i guess it would be next weekend. Is that a um uh who's the guy that did um like Rushmore and it's actually Ryan Johnson. The it's Ryan Johnson yeah. directed that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that it's makes kind it of even better. Fun the the preview of it says like it's got this like seventies vibe with the titles and stuff, and it's like from the director of The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> and looper and stuff it's just funny the way it's presented um she and i watched clue for the first time she probably saw it as a kid kid but i'd never seen it and it was at this place that we the fall break cabin that we did last year and the wi-fi was bad or whatever so we were looking through their dvd collection that's, i think that's the right yeah i get confused sometimes with clute which i've never seen but would like to someday but no the movie clue with Tim Curry and it's like a whodunit yeah. that's like a board game. And we really enjoyed that. Like watching, we were like, that's really oh, fun. That movie is fantastic. That was one of Aaron Kramer's like, was it? Oh, I yeah. Check that. yeah. But it, this felt sort of like a, you know, a modern version uh, of that, um, you know, done with a, a plus cast and, and director and stuff. And so I think we're going to see that um, next. That'll yeah, the, not be Ash a Ash really movie. wants to see that. There's, there's a few, I think we might go see the, um, Mr. Rogers movie mm. uh, this weekend. Oh, that's not. Yeah, I would like that. I, I could see us going to that. Um, that that whole uh, that I love that Esquire article and that movie is just about the writing of that Esquire article, which is amazing. And I'm, yeah, man, I wish Mr. Rogers was around right now. Yeah, I'll just be a puddle yeah. in that movie, I think, but in a good, in a great way, like the kind Absolutely. of like, like, yeah. If you if you're gonna cry, the way you <laughs> this is, is uh, makes you because you're touched, not because you're like sad. Yep. <laughs> but Knives Out is definitely one we'll probably see too. So, yeah, this weekend is gonna be could be kind of crazy. I might be going to Chicago oh, in yeah. a day. Yeah. I might. We might go see the Mister Rogers movie. There's a there's Pincinnati is happening this weekend. That I might oh, go down wow. for a little bit. Yeah. If I go down to that though, I'm just gonna blow money. So, <laughs> it'll, I mean, it'll cost us fifty dollars just to get in if Ash and I go because it's twenty five dollars at the door, and then, but that covers like they have like 150 machines on free play. Yeah, so, I was gonna say that you could then just play whatever once you get in. Yeah, but then there's a ton of like vendors who sell parts and stuff for your oh. pinball machine so like and mods and toys and like extra stuff that you can put on them and trick them out that so, sounds cool 
Oh, yeah. but you kind of have to choose between that or the Chicago trip. Oh no no no! Like that would all. I it, it would be really a choice between going to Cincinnati or going to see the Mister Rogers movie because we have oh. a friend's giving on Saturday to go to. So, um, that's a lot of yeah. fun stuff. A lot of p- fun potential there. Yeah. So, did you? Are you done uh, with the pinball service stuff that you were that wasn't quite wrapped up? Um. Yeah. Pretty much. I think. I mean, I still work on my own machines, but I'm not like going out on jobs or anything you're free of that attachment or obligation or whatever that was pretty much the we finally got like if you know the whole story like we finally got the guy's boards done and we when i finally like was like i scheduled the appointment and then i went to go pick him up and he was like oh i need another he didn't answer my text messages for like days and so then the day of, I text him like, you know, 20 minutes before I was going to come pick him up. I'm like, I'm on my way. And he's like, oh, can we push it to this time? And then he finally responded. And I was already on my way. And he's like, let's push to this time. I'm like, you know what? I called him. I'm like, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to put, I'm just dropping all your crap off. I'm done with this. Oh. And I called the customer. I'm like, I'm really sorry. So then the customer called me back and he's like, listen, I want to get this done. So... We, I ended up going out there and we spent so much time out there and then we, it still didn't work. Like oh, the machine, no. like we had to take the board back with us. I was so frustrated. You went the with, cust- with the guy you were working with or just you and working with? Yeah. With with the the guy, I made him come out with me. I'm like, oh, you have to come out man. with me because one, I'm not going to answer for all, how long this guy's been yeah. and, and two, I don't want there to be something wrong that I don't know how to fix because mm, I want this yeah. guy's machine done. And so we got out there and we couldn't fix it. Oh, that sucks. Oh, I was so pissed. So, so pissed. So I, that's all up in limbo now. I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm done. Mm-hmm. If he calls me and says, Hey, I got this guy's board. Let's go back and put it out there, put it in. Then I'll go back out with him, I guess, to take care of just to wrap guy. up this yeah. one customer, you know? Oh, but man. I'm still working on my machines. I have uh, big plans for my scared stiff machine this fall. I want to like pull the play field and get it stripped down and get parts cleaned and things rebuilt. And uh, I'm thinking about getting the play field clear coated and the cabinet clear coated, like putting new decals on the cabinet hmm. and then getting um, the cabinet clear coated too. So uh, we'll see if that happens but if it does that'd be pretty fucking sweet so um yeah we'll 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 take it from we'll we'll see about that but all right man uh it's kind of this is a short long walk short drink i guess yeah it's it's winding down i feel focused so yeah (laughs) sort of (laughs) so well i mean it's as focused as we can get shit a month from now we'll have already been done with all of our like Oh yeah, that weekend yeah. of of stuff <laughs> of like yeah fun Star Wars and Cabin Kid shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, buddy, I'll see you in less than a month. Yes, indeed. You're gonna be sitting oh, in, in my here. Gosh, like, that's crazy. We'll have a blast. Yeah, it'll be a great time. But uh, yeah, so make sure you're following us at LWSD Pod on Twitter. I'll tweet uh, out Moto's album. Actually, I already did tweet out Moto's album. You can get okay. it. You can find it there. I can't wait to listen to that. Moto, uh, 
man, keep up the great work, dude. Man, uh, making shit. Making shit. <laughs> making music. Um, <laughs> head to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Sign up for your free Audible trial and download your first audiobook on us. Uh, download The Shining. Listen to that okay. or Dr. Sleep. Either one of those. Yeah. Um, go to youtube.com slash LW or long walk short drink. Isn't yes, that what it is? Yeah, yeah. we earned that uh, shit. Well, no, eight we subscribers that. Uh, last I looked. You can see some clips from our in, in video episodes from our past episodes. Uh, head on over there. Um, other Sub- than that, I think uh, that's subscribe it. there too because the if you haven't somehow already, <laughs> or if you're coming on because of the shining content in this episode or something, because the next one will be a video episode. Oh, yeah, because uh, we'll be doing the in the pinball parlor, in the pinball parlor, <laughs> talking yep. Star Wars episode nine, conclusion uh, of the, the Skywalker end. saga, right? Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really kind of trying to i haven't watched anything yet i haven't watched like yeah, i've seen either. the trailers that's it i saw the first trailer and maybe that's all yeah uh, but i haven't watched yeah. i i mean i haven't watched any, any star wars like to prepare even oh for, yeah like, we just you know, did we did the prequels i, I had the thing where it's like maybe i'll listen to the commentaries on them because into some of the blu-rays that they said that they made kind of pure they took cast interviews from the period so like the 70s or 80s and they wove them together into a commentary and so i was like so so i've been doing that a lot with various things i'll put the commentaries on like audio and then i'll listen to them on my drive okay i started with the so i was doing a lot but the only one i've actually listened to so far and i found some of them online like two out of the three i don't remember which of them i found the laser disc commentaries like from 1993 and so I'm like, oh, oh this yeah. will be fun. So I'll probably still listen to some, but I tried to start with episode one. That was like rough because it's all just about like effects. And I'm just like, I don't care about this stuff. This is not making me excited for Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but I, I also just haven't switched into that gear in general really yet. Like I'm a yep. little more excited about American Wolf in London right now. Yeah, yeah than, absolutely. Uh, Star Wars. But I'm sure I'm- that will change very soon. I'm more excited about Doctor Sleep right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that, like, that, yeah, all that. Uh, and so, I was, I was really in Shining World for a while because I was watching the miniseries and like I would watch from commercial break to commercial break every night before bed, and that was all. So it took me a while to get through yeah. it. And then I did the Shining, and then I did the making of the Shining. So I just finished all that a couple days ago. So yeah, I haven't switched gears to Star Wars yet. No Mandalorian, none of, none of that, which I know like Twinkies. Yeah, enjoying. I haven't signed up for Disney Plus yet. I for it to fall right on our pay schedule because I needed to. I want it to fall after the thirtieth. I can't sign up for it until this Sunday. So, do you think you will? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that soon. And and do Mandalorian? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to try. Mm. The show looks fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm sure I will. I just haven't been. I just haven't got there yet. And it's it's impossible to get on YouTube without like there being even in their in the thumbnails are spoilers. You know, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. And I don't get bent out of shape about spoilers. Anyways, I still will watch the shit and enjoy it. But yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, I I like to be surprised in the like in experiencing it, not seeing it on a thumbnail. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all, all right, right man. Well, until our December rendezvous, well, I mean, we'll be in touch in the, in the meantime. But uh, absolutely, just, less you know, than a month though. Mike. You're gonna be here in Dayton. 
Fucking A. I can't wait, man. It's going to be awesome. In the meantime, uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs> Uh, send our love to the bride and Ooh, to, uh, to well. Jeff to and Jeff, yeah. Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> big Jeff. Oh, the dog from the stand was Big Steve. I mean, the, like, uh, like, remember Big Steve? <laughs> I guess I don't. Oh wait, that was yeah. Oh, the uh, the trusty dog that was with him. Like, yeah, yes. The, in his prior life, before the plague hit, his name was Big Steve. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. That's a great dog name. That's what that's what Jeff reminds me of. My dog named Jeff. <laughs> Oh man! Well, All right, buddy. To Mika, Mika and Moe's as well. Mika, Moe's, and Tank. And Tank, of course. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, man. It's great talking to you. Be yep. well. Cheers, Long Walkers. Bye, buddy. Yep. Bye.